Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports, the second episode. I'm Ryan Warwick. I'm with Sam Allen. I'm with Matt McFeely. Not going to waste any time on the Pointless Open. We got football to talk about. The season starts in just about an hour or so. Uh, we have NFL picks for you. We're going to talk about the Jets and Giants, and we obviously have some baseball to talk about, and we also have Yankee tickets to give away to somebody. We'll get to that later, but I want to talk about the New York Jets first, and I refrained from talking about this. I tried to refrain from talking about this in our personal group chat because I kind of wanted as raw reaction as possible, but the Jets said that they are starting Joe Flacco over Zach uh, – well, not necessarily over Zach Wilson, but because they said he was hurt. Uh, first of all, how they went from, oh, Zach Wilson can potentially play on Sunday to never mind. He's actually not going to play until the end of the month. I don't know what happened to me. I think that's personally code for, and you guys are, I mean, you guys are Jet fans. So you guys know Robin Sala a lot more than I do, but I think I've heard of him enough to know that he definitely defends his players. But I just think that's kind of code for, we don't want Zach Wilson to play against the tougher part of our schedule. So we're going to let him watch Joe Flacco for a little bit and we'll have him jump in against the weaker opponents. I don't know if I'm on an island on that, but I just found it so weird how they went from, okay, he might play Sunday to never mind. It's literally not for another month. I, I don't see that. I mean, I think there's gamesmanship involved. Um, you know, when you say he could potentially start week one and then, you know, you have to plan for either Flacco or White. But, I mean, you, you think he's healthy for the most part and they're just going to sit him out for four weeks. I, I just think that, like, yeah, I think so. I don't think that it's – I don't think it's a health issue because he would have said from the get-go that he's not going to start. I mean, Zach Wilson kind of said that he knew that he was going to be out for a while, but why is Robert Sala out here saying that he might be ready week one and then just – Say, say maybe next, like I just thought it was weird how we went from or, a possibility to four weeks. Or what about how about this? Because this is how I think about it. I think the Jets probably sat down, looked at themselves, and said, "We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. No, even if even if Zach Wilson turns into Patrick Mahomes, and so what we're still going to do is we're still going to try and protect him so that we can have him for the next ten years, opposed to just risk risking him throwing him out there even." at 90% for the first four games. So they probably said they're probably looking at the long road. And honestly, as a Jeff fan who agrees that they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year, I'm all on board with that. Even just wrapping him in, in bubble wrap, you know, until they're an actual contender or they actually need him. Or were they really just trying trying to play the game with Baltimore? Like, oh, let's not tell you who we're starting. Like, I mean, first of all, I'd argue, I think someone out here can make the argument that Joe Flacco was better than Zach Wilson. But like, the spread's not changing. You're not fooling anybody. And, you know, like, if you were, I would, I would think that the majority of people actually think that Wilson's probably better than Flacco, which he, he is. Why are you hiding that? Wouldn't it be easier to game plan against Joe Flacco, who is immobile? does not nearly have the arm that he used to have. Like, why are you, why are you trying to be so – I hate when coaches think that, like, they're reinventing football. Like, you, you can tell us. You're allowed to tell us if a worse quarterback is playing. I just thought it was weird. And I don't understand the fact that some people, some Jet fans, want Mike White to play. I mean, if you really want to see what Mike White has, 
you really want to see what your what was he a 2026 20, round pick or whatever the hell he was why do you need to see what this guy has if you need to see what mike white has personally i don't think that you have much belief in zach in zach wilson and matt i know you said that the other day that your the jury is out on zach wilson but is three games of mike white going to going to convince anybody that zach wilson should not be the quarterback no, but, but I don't think that's the point. And also, I do think there's value in having a good backup for a while. And Mike White has maybe played the best game of a Jet quarterback in a very long time. It's almost like he earned it. And I just, I, I, who wants to see Joe Flacco? I don't, I don't understand. And do our it's, home run, by the way. Oh, nice. Look at that. It's not about wanting to see Flacco, though. I mean... I think that this is the first that this is the best roster the Jets have had in a long, long time. So, do I think the Jets are going to make the playoffs? No, but I think Joe Flacco was better than Mike White. So, why would you throw your third string quarterback or your third best quarterback out there when you know what? If all does go right, if Zach Wilson does take this next step, maybe they do sneak into the playoffs. How many people have been saying that the Jets can be this year's Bengals? No, they're not going to make the Super Bowl. That, that, that's a long shot. But this roster is very, very good. And I just think that putting in your third-string quarterback out there when he has no future with it, not that Joe Flacco has a future with this team, but I'd argue that Joe Flacco is probably one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. So why are you going to bring in Mike White, no matter what he does? And another theory Maybe the Jets don't want fan outrage if Mike White does play well, because that happened last year. Mike White beat the Bengals at home, who went to the Super Bowl. And I don't know if it was facetious or not, but how many people were out here yelling for Mike White and saying, oh, Mike White actually is pretty good. There's a QB battle. I think if you have a QB battle between a sixth rounder and a second overall pick that you made five months ago, you have some issues on your hands. So maybe the Jets are afraid of that, and they're better off with saying, that Zach Wilson should replace Joe Flacco. But nonetheless, I, I don't understand wanting to see Mike White. Well, I don't think it's that deep. I think that I actually, the Mike White part of it, I can actually get behind. I think that when when Mike White did play last year and play well in his spot, they, they heard little murmurs from the fans and they heard the whispers in the crowd about, you know, maybe Mike White might even be better than Zach Wilson. Maybe they didn't want to hear that. Which was sure. right, exactly. But sure, I'll give you that. But as in regards to, you know, you know, not wanting him to play the easier, the harder schedule or start the season, even if he's not 100%, I don't really, I still don't think it's that deep. I think that's like, it's a little frustration given the, the history of the franchise maybe and the way they've handled previous quarterbacks. But I don't know. I think, I think maybe they just said, if you know, even if he was going to be, you know, ninety percent in the first four weeks, we'd rather him not play and not risk it and play. We want to see him when he's a hundred percent. Let's be real here: the Jets don't have a quarterback controversy. Zach Wilson is going to start when he's a hundred percent healthy, which apparently won't happen until after week four. Now, nonetheless, I want to dive into this season as in general. Again, like I said, you guys are Jet fans. I want to ask you guys what you guys think a successful season is and if your feelings have changed at all with Zach Wilson being injured. I think it, yes, Zach Wilson being injured does sort of change my outlook a little bit because it's all about Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson looks good and the Jets don't win many games, I, I think anyone would be happy. But I heard someone say this the other day on their own show, and I would credit him if I remember who it was. 
or something to this extent anyway. And the Giants are certainly looking it right in the eye right now. Doesn't it feel like all of these second-year, third-year quarterbacks that we like to give the benefit of the doubt to all the time and blame it on personnel, doesn't it feel like those guys just never pan out anyway? Like, I think at any position, you could look good, and maybe that supporting cast that everyone likes to dish on, they would look better too. So, I I mean, yes, the jury's still out on Zach Wilson, but, I mean, he he stepped into a preseason game for five minutes, and he looked atrocious Mm -hmm. before, unfortunately, going down. So... I also don't see a scenario, though, where Zach Wilson looks good or plays good and the Jets aren't good. Because, again, I think that this roster is legitimately good. They have weapons. They're going to rotate. They drafted uh, Elijah Moore as everyone's breakout star. Garrett Wilson was a 10th pick. Uh, Brees Hall was his second-round pick. They brought in C.J. Uzoma and Tyler Cutler. Like they have, they have good offensive players. Now Corey Davis is your third or fourth best receiver instead of your top receiver. So I don't see a scenario where Wilson is good and the Jets aren't. I just don't. Maybe that's way too high of praise on Wilson, but I just think that it, Sam preaches this all the time on how to rebuild a team, and I think they fit Sam's plan perfectly. Build the roster. And I really think that this this year we will know what Zach Wilson is, no matter what. I don't think there will be a gray area with Zach Wilson this year. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely did build. This is what I, I usually say that the quarterback should not be the first piece, but should be more so the middle piece no. of a rebuild. That's always just been my argument. And maybe the Jets didn't really – I mean, when they got Zach Wilson, they didn't have the best roster, but they had some some pieces there that are still, still going to be along the way. But um, I think that – my thought on the, the Jets and Zach Wilson is, yeah, they're going to go. They're going to be as good as the Jets will take them. But I think I'm not a big fan of their schedule. I think their schedule is a little yeah. bit of a difficult schedule. And I think the Jets can do can play well, but not their record might not reflect how much improved they are, if that makes sense. So, yeah, they, they yeah. can go. They can have the same exact record this year as they did last year. But if we see improvement as Zach Wilson all the rookies, you know, fill in to the spots correctly well and seen as improvements at the end of the year, then I think that's going to be the progress more so than any record. So if I was, if I had any advice to give to Jeff fan, I would say, look for, look for guys who you need to grow to progress more so than the team's record, because I think we can all agree that they're not winning the Super Bowl this year. So really wins and losses, if they're playing well is neither here nor there yeah you took the words right out of my mouth like when when ryan had said that he doesn't really see a world where zach wilson plays well and the jets don't look good i mean i could see them look good and not what yeah. mean. i mean i mean look competitive like don't be don't be the team that you know week seven it's like okay well you know in what team's looking at the rest of their schedule and they say oh we got the jets in week 12 that's an auto win you know we don't just don't be that we want to I think if the Jets can compete and even have like, you know, small storylines, this, this guy developed and Brees Hall developed or, you know, any of the, any of the rookies, again, I think it's player progression over record progression. I do think though, that if the Jets have any chance at being a successful season, they need to steal one of these next few games. I think that, I mean, I think a lot of people are predicting a big season out of Lamar Jackson in the contract year, but I do think that 
You're going against Jacoby Brissett next week. You're going against uh, Mitch Trubisky, or it'll probably be Mitch Trubisky. And look, I love Mike Tomlin. I love the Steelers. I think they have a great roster. But at the end of the day, maybe Mitch Trubisky was never given a fair shot, but he is what he is at this point. I think he's a standard. He's a league vet at this point. I think they need to do something over the next I think they have to steal a win here to a build momentum for the rest of it because if they go zero and four, you're tuned out. So yeah, I think they can. Hopefully, you get a bad Lamar on Sunday because we've seen it. We've seen what happens when Lamar does play badly. We've seen the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Period. So hopefully, uh, hopefully for the Jets' sake, I don't think they're going to do it. I just. I don't see any way, shape, or form that John Harbaugh doesn't game plan for the Jets properly. But if they can compete this week, hopefully build some momentum to next week when you go against Jacoby Percet and not Lamar Jackson, maybe there's hope. Maybe there's hope for this week, but I don't see it. All right, let's go into prediction for this game. Let's do yeah, – no. let's just go – Who obviously, who do you like, Jets, Ravens, and – Tell me why. Obviously, I think we can all agree that I will, if we had to pick a team to win, probably yeah, be I mean, the Ravens. But mine, so. Yeah. So, McFeely, tell me why. If I'm a Jet fan, tell me, tell me how the Jets can win this game in your eyes. Well, they can't. But um, okay. And do I like them against the spread? No, I don't. But I, I'm really looking for Flacco to just step in and be the veteran that he is. And let me see some young guys spread the ball around. But they, the Jets have a two-headed monster in the backfield right now. At least potentially they do. Just spread it around, score some points. You know, I, I don't want one of these Jets games where, you know, it's midway through the third quarter and they put the graphic up that shows you how the last 11 drives went. And it's like <laughs> punt, 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 interception, punt, punt, yeah. field goal. I, I just don't want to see that. Play good defense. I want to see what this defense can do. I want to see what Carl Lawson can do. Um, Quinn and I want to see what he can do. I think there's some question marks in the secondary. I mean, again, if I mean if Lamar Jackson goes off, then Lamar Jackson goes off. It's fine. But look confident. I mean, Robert Sala was brought here to to motivate this team, and he's a defensive-minded head coach, right? But he's a young defensive-minded head coach, so I think he's supposed to gel with these guys. But if they if they how many times did they allow? 50 somewhat points and their run defense was awful last year. I mean, just show it, show signs of improvement on on the defensive side of the ball, I think is a very important thing in this game also. Yeah. I want to see what Jay Mosley looks like. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big, big loss for them last year. And when he got hurt, you could just tell the whole, I I really think he's one of those guys that's going to make, make the defense. He's the, he might be the highlight on that defense. If you're an opposing team, you highlight him. He's one of those players. You remember that week one against the bills a couple years ago when he just completely took the game over. Yeah. He's a monster. And then he gets hurt and it's a completely different game. I like him. I like him a lot, honestly. I I think to to me, he like, he looks like the way Sala wants all his guys to play. Yeah. And they're coming off. I watch him play. They're coming off of having, been in uh, almost every category, the, the yeah. worst defense in the NFL. So, yeah. All right. Let's All right. go into the other team across town. Let's go to the I Giants. I was just going to say that. Um, I said that I was excited about three things. A, Graham Gano. B, the potentially new look of the offense and, and Kafka. And, Can I, and hold on. Can I stop you right there? Please. The, yes. You, I don't even need to say the third thing, but by being excited about the kicker, 
as your number one. I know. You should just bad. tell the story as it is. Yeah, I'm excited. But <laughs> it was actually, bad, it? and wasn't it the first yeah. name he said too? Yeah. yeah, it was the first thing I said. Because the, because, the, because the third thing I'm about to say, I'm not even going to be able to see it on Sunday because they're probably both not playing. And that was the potential that this edge rush had. Guess what? Aziz Ojolari is likely out. Kayvon Thibodeau is already out. Like, I, I wanted to see the – I don't think Leonard Williams is a double-digit sack guy anymore. But Aziz Ojolari had eight and a half last year. Kayvon Thibodeau was at one point the favorite to be the first pick. And now both of them are out for week one. Um, so the miserable season is already off to an awful start. I cannot believe that anybody has any faith in this Giants team doing anything whatsoever. Um, I don't want to give a sneak peek into our NFL picks too much, but I absolutely hate the Giants this week. I hate them for this entire season. Um, and I hate Daniel Jones, and I think that this is going to be his last year. I'm sorry, I hate to go on a rant, but last year I was so excited for the Kenny. Galladay is going to be exactly what Daniel Jones needs to get that next step. And then it was just the most disappointing giant season I, I probably had ever seen. I wasn't expecting, you know what I was expecting? Kind of, a, I was expecting a playoff push and it wasn't even close. I, I think that if you know about a quarterback by their third or fourth year, you, this is his fourth year now, when you don't know, you kind of know. And he just, maybe he goes off in the first four weeks like he did last year, but this is kind of just a wasted season for the Giants. You're waiting for Daniel Jones to get out of here. You hope that Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau are what they are. You, but again, Tibbs is out. Aziz Ojolari, you hope that he takes that next step. He's out. The only reason why I'm watching this game on Sunday is because it's the first game of the year. Otherwise, I wouldn't even watch it. Yeah, does it, does it feel like it happened like that with Jones? Like, I would even say because it started maybe, off so good, his right? His debut, he no, went but, crazy. But, but maybe even a quarter through last season, like we still saw him as a guy with you know probably some potential. And now I think just even the Giants, I mean, there was just no other option, and that's the only reason he's here. I, I think the Giants are ready, like barring just a complete change up. He's on his way. He, you know, yeah. Joe Shane has no loyalty to him. He doesn't care. It's not yeah. his guy. You know, I give John Mara a lot of credit because I think that we've said – how many times have we said this about John Mara? We we wish that all of our owners had guys like John Mara who wanted to win because I don't think there's an owner out there who, who wants to – well, there are, but an owner like John Mara, everyone wants. An owner who clearly wants to win first. The problem is I just think he was so out of touch with today's football, so he finally took a step back and said, okay – I'm giving the keys to Joe Shane, and he's going to rock. He has no loyalty to Daniel Jones or anyone on this roster. And I think – I feel bad for him because there are just so many things wrong on this team. Like Aaron Robinson is going to be guarding either Robert Woods or Traylon Burks this weekend. Aaron Robinson isn't a Joe Shane guy. That's another Dave Gettleman failure. So Joe Shane is just going to watch this team like, what did I, what, what did I just get myself into? I, I feel bad for the guy. Isn't the line a little bit fishy this week for the Giants? I mean, really weird. Isn't it like yeah. six or five it's and a half? Five and a half. I got it yeah. five and a half right now. They're in Tennessee, which, you know, they say you're home, you get three points. <sighs> I think that's kind of a, uh, I, I think that's a myth now, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think it matters in, in, in some places. And the, the Jets are home and, and they're given more. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, for, for, I think the Jets are much better than the Giants. 
I know I that Vegas thinks I really I think the Jets are so much better. And I don't even, even think the story I don't even think the story is that the Jets are better. I think the story is I mean, they're in such a better position moving forward than the Giants are. And it's really well, it's that not too. Even they're, they're better close. currently and they're better built for the future. Right? I like, mean the, think about this. Close. I think I think the Giants are very comparable to the, what the Jets were in the last year of Sam Darnold. Oh yeah. Like just an absolute mess and no one was gonna do good here. Yeah. And I and think that's that's the kind of same thing for the Giants right now. Yeah. And and the consensus is that the Jets drafted really well to kind of yeah. flop that narrative around a little bit. I mean, it, it, it's going to take a lot for the Giants to turn it around. I, I know this mm-hmm. turnaround in the NFL is really quick sometimes, but I, they just feel doomed. Well, well, I think the real turnaround is going to start next year when hopefully they bring in one of these quarterbacks. You have Bryce Young, you have CJ Stroud, you have the, the guy from Florida who, who I'm obsessed with after watching one game of his. But mm-hmm. I, I think that, it, again, if it weren't September – I'd have a hard time watching uh, uh, this game. I think that it's going to be a, a really, really rough year. And th- there's really nothing else to say. So I, I guess with that, we kind of hinted at it. So what the three of us are doing, we are doing uh, a little NFL picks segment. So we are going to do uh, three picks. And we also have a survivor, which is kind of like a separate entity in this part. We are going to give three picks and we're going to do it based on unit plays. So we have, uh, we're going to do one spread pick. We're going to do one over under pick, and we are going to uh, do what do we call? What do we call? It? Not a, are we calling it a sleeper or a, or a sniff? The sniff of the week. The sniff of the sniff of the week. Where I sniff we, out the underdog to take. And what did we say? Plus one fifty or, or lower, or is that what we're doing? I'm just I'm just going to do any dog, only because one of the dogs that I like this one. week. It no, I mean, yeah, let's change the rules because Sam wants to pick a not so long shot. It's not, I mean, it's <laughs> plus one. Not gonna, or, or I can, all right, here's two things we can do. We could do either plus 150 or more, and I can only do one pick this week or one pick every week, or I can, you want to do two picks this week, or I'll just do one pick this week because I have a good, I have a decent one for my first well, one. Well, 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 I told you, I told you mine before, but uh, I'll go first, I guess. Um, <laughs> I hinted at it. My spread, Titans minus five and a half. I know that we just said it's kind of suspect. I don't know why it's suspect. Um, I, I, I don't get it. I have zero faith in the Giants' secondary doing anything. The Giants' two best edge rushers are out. They have two other edge rushers that I've literally never even heard of. They cut their best defender, Blake Martinez, who, granted, that's not necessarily a loss because he was gone for the entire year last year. I see no way, shape, or form that the Giants lose by less than a touchdown. I think the Titans minus five and a half is an absolute steal. My over-under, I think I really, really like the Lions and Eagles to go under 48 and a half. Um, I'm getting these on FanDuel, by the way. Um, I think Dan Campbell is going to have this defense ready. I think that the Lions love Dan Campbell, and Dan Campbell is really good against the spread last year. I do think that three and a half is a little bit low, but with the number being 48 and a half, they're kind of predicting that the Lions are going to score more than three touchdowns. And I just don't see that happening. And I don't see the Eagles going off this week just yet. Uh, so I'm rocking with the 48 and a half to go under in that game. And my sniff of the week, uh, Zach Ertz probably not playing. Trey McBride, any tight touchdown, plus 250. Uh, one unit to win 2.5 units. That's my sniff. Someone go. Go ahead, Sam. All right. So my spread that I like this week, and 
I'm, I think I'm the most high on this team than anyone. A lot of people I talk to, but I'm, I think Carson Wentz healthy is good. And we know he's healthy. And I like some of the guys that are on Washington right now. And I think they're being undervalued a little bit. So I really like the commanders minus two and a half this week. I don't know. Carson Wentz week one, great quarterback. Yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's healthy, he's good. Every time Wentz has been healthy, I think he's good. It's when he, as soon as he gets hurt, everything just goes. The offense yeah, looks back. terrible, but – and then also, um, I might be the lowest on Trevor Lawrence of anyone I know. And the Jaguars, I think, are might be worse this year than they were last year. And I minus two and a half, meaning – I mean, if you want to use the three, the three method in betting where you get three points for being home, then you're trying to tell me that the commanders are only – are half of a point worse than the Jaguars. That doesn't make sense. So I'm taking the commanders minus two and a half. And then my over under, uh, I like Cleveland Carolina to go under 42 and a half. And my only reason for that is two quarterbacks that one in Brissett that shouldn't be a starter right now. He, you know, given the Deshaun Watson situation, he would not be starting. And then two, um, Carolina, Baker Mayfield, give me the under all day. Week one, the timing for all these receivers is going to be off. And the I think the defenses for both these teams are even better than the offenses. So even the number as low as 42 and a half, I still like the under. And then my sniff of the week, um, I kind of like the Falcons on the money line. Because wow. I – here's my, my reason. I know, I know the Saints are, have a good team, good roster, but I'm not sold that Mike Thomas can jump on the field and be 100% week one. So I think that that's already a discredit. Jameis Winston, I think he's gassed up. I think he's a turnover machine. And then first time, the uh, head coach for the first time, new head coach on the road. I'm, I'm good. I think I'm, I'll take the Falcons I like on it. that. I know, I know Mariota, new quarterback. I know the Falcons are not in a good position for the season long, but. I mean, minus five and a half on the road with all that in the Saints. I like it. I, I give me the Falcons <laughs> to win that game. I love it. McFeely, go. All right. So my, my spread pick is, I mean, the, the Eagles in Detroit. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people who are uh, like, who try to say that Detroit might be a little sneaky. It's four points. It, it cover the four points. I almost like them to win their own division too. the Eagles. So yeah. uh, just just go and take care of business there. Um, my over-under, I think the Saints in Atlanta, I kind of like under 42 and a half. I, I mean, I, I, I think there's a it's, – it's possible that the Falcons score three points. I, I yeah. So actually only going to chime in here because I just spoke about that game. I do like the under two because I think it's just going to be an absolute slog of a game. I don't, I don't see it being like a shootout like – I think both of these teams – I think the Saints will be better than the Falcons, but I think both these teams – we know, again, first – Jameis Winston, nothing special, and then first-time head coach, first-time playing with the full roster. Um, I'm skeptical on the Saints to start the season, so I like the under in that too. Yeah. I'll back you on that. Yeah. Uh, my, my sniff – so it's, it's from Packers in Minnesota. I was going to say Thielen at plus 185 anytime touchdown – yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give you some value. Let's take Lazard at plus two twenty. I, I think that like I think Sammy Watkins is going to be the guy that 
it kind of stretches the field and that's going to be his purpose. And I think he's just going to come up with, with nothing week after week. I think Lazard's a little more dynamic than people think. Um, and I mean, he is the number one over there. So, you know, I, I have to imagine that, that Ian Rogers are kind of, you know, on the same page, so to speak. So those are my three. I'm kind of with it. I like all of our picks. I think we're going to have a good week. Let's do, let's do um, our quick survivor picks now. Um, this is kind of the thing that Sam and I literally just decided a minute before we started this episode. Is this against? Um, this isn't against the spread, right? This is just no. This is regular Survivor, its own separate entity. Okay. We'll we'll figure out punishments for the losers for both pools uh, eventually. Um, I know that the spread is kind of tricky on this one, and I know that trends are definitely leaning toward the away team in this one. But I see zero reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go into Cincinnati and beat the defending AFC champions. I know that they have a great head coach. I know that they have a great defense. I know that they have a three-headed monster in Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and George Pickens. But I, Mitch Trubisky, again, I I think I said it before, maybe he was going to be an unfair shot in Chicago, but there's no way in hell that I see Mitch Trubisky beating Cincy on the road against my personal MVP pick in Joe Burrow and that high-powered offense. I just don't see it. Um, and personally, in my spreads pool that I'm in, I'm taking the Bengals minus six and a half. I understand that that goes against every trend in the book. I don't care. I love the Bengals this week. And if they lose, I'll be genuinely surprised. Yeah, I was just going to say, imagine like losing week one. And then you just have to sit here for nine weeks and just watch the other two guys make pick. <laughs> that would be miserable. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty miserable. That would be the last man standing week three, imagine. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. Um, well, being that Ryan just stole my pick that I talked him into, uh, uh, I'm going to go to – I'm gonna actually going to steal his pick back from him. I like the Titans. I don't get the giant five and a half. I would, I would take the Titans minus nine and a half. But I think Titans – uh, no spread. I think Titans win going away. I'm I'm taking the Titans on that. We just spoke enough really, about the Giants. I actually really should take the Titans because I do think that the Bengals are better than the Titans. But too late. Unless if you want to revert back and you want to take nah, the Titans. No, I'm not. No trade backs. All right, fine, fine. I'll take the Bengals, you take the Titans. <laughs> um, you know, I, I know you hate to waste a good team early, but this is a team that's going to have a lot of tough games. There's not going to be a lot of opportunities to pick this team. And they're going into Seattle. Give me Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Ah, uh, that was, that was, hold up. That, Sam know, is that pissed that you just like them. No, I like, I, I'm like, I'm a recent Russell Wilson hater. And there's a small part of me that does think that Geno Smith was good with, with, with Seattle. Now, look, I don't think Geno Smith is going to have sustained success. But, uh, I mean, and, and four games is not a big enough of a sample size. Like, no, the, the Seahawks should not beat the Broncos in any way. But survivor-wise, I think I think I would. I'm staying away from it. Again, I mean, it, it, the Seahawks aren't going to win. But. I so I agree. I I just think that to me, I, I will never ever bet on an away team week one in Survivor. I, mm-hmm. I think that's. I, just, I don't know. Prime time. Yeah, I, yeah, prime time too. I don't know. It, it, your pick, but makes yeah, me nervous. I mean, there, there's a, there's a lot of good teams in that division, and it's going to be tough to to pick them most weeks. So, 
before we get into the baseball chat, um, you have tickets to give all, away, right? I do. I have oh. four Yankee tickets to give away. I want to thank everyone for following and joining the contest. And I'm sure that I will be losing many of you people as listeners as soon as I announce this winner. Uh, but but please try to keep listening. Uh, and that's all I have. So I got this wheel up. Um, if you want to follow after receiving the tickets, uh, we reserve if you the right un- to reclaim you- them. If you unfollow us after you win these tickets, I'm going to be really, really mad because I spent hard earned money on these tickets. Um, wow, hard earned money. In the wheel, baby. All right. So the winner, um, it's an Instagram follower. And this person actually messaged us saying, oh, please pick me for this Yankee ticket. Um, I did not necessarily pick wow. you. I swear to God, it was random. Megan E. Smith on IG. Congratulations. You are the oh winner of four Yankee tickets. Um, you and I will keep in touch. We will decide on what game you want to go to, especially in the midst of Aaron Judge chasing down 62. Uh, no, I can't get you tickets to the Red Sox game in a couple of weeks, but uh, we'll chat. And congrats. Four tickets for you and three friends. And that's that. Um, cool. Thanks. And if you lost, sorry. Better luck next time. Uh, we'll do some more giveaways and stuff. Yeah. I think McFitty has some judges to get rid of. I'm, I'm going to have – you can't convince me to get rid of mine, but – uh, please keep on listening, and we hope we didn't lose you forever. Let's talk about the Yanks. Um, it's unbelievable what they do to the Minnesota Twins. If you if if they ever want to get out of a slump, they literally just have to call up the Twins and be like, hey, play us for a couple of times. Because yesterday's lineups were probably the most I literally have ever seen in my life as a Yankee fan, short of Aaron Judge. It's unbelievable that team still pits to Aaron Judge. He's now at, what is he at, uh, 55 homers right now. Um, it's so funny. The other day we wanted to talk about because I think I think we were both shocked when Oswald Peraza wasn't in the lineup when basically everyone was hurt or injured. But then he went four for seven in the doubleheader, and now they kind of have no choice. But we, we can't say that the Yankees are back. But it's more of just like how, how did they how did they win that doubleheader yesterday? How in the world did they sweep those guys? And I think they're winning. Right it, it's, the, it's the Twins. It's I don't know what it is, and you know Boone downplayed it a little bit today. But the Yankees will all one thing you'll always see the Yankees beat the Twins in a full series or the season series or I don't know what it is, but uh, the Yankees could have rolled out us three times three yesterday, and I think we would have came away with a win if we were in pinstripes. I don't know what it is. And another one bites the dust. DJ LeMay who gets hurt, which uh, I, I said it yesterday. I mean. If DJ yeah. LeMahieu is not going to pinch hit for someone who is 0 for 4 with four strikeouts and hadn't played in a big league game in close to two years, why is he active? I thought it was stupid that he was active yesterday, unless if they really didn't know that he was totally 100,000% unavailable until the game started. But I find that very hard to believe. Um, and I'm not going to believe anything that they tell me about Giancarlo Stan until I, I see it for myself. Uh, but they say that he's okay. But yeah, I'll eat, I'll eat my words. I'll eat my words there, by the way. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't think it was a huge deal that DJ wasn't pinch hitting. I mean, you got the bases loaded and nobody out. It's kind of like just put bat on ball. And then you yeah, have the, exactly. the dreaded double play where, you know, And then you couldn't do that. Yeah, and then, uh, and you know, to Morg's credit, Morg said, if DJ's not pinch hitting here, he better be dead. And uh, I guess he is. I did say that. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, said he's, he's dead at Jace. 
if they keep rolling out lineups like this, I don't care what the Tampa Bay Rays schedule is. How are they going to hold on to this division lead? Now, I know that they say that Stan's going to come back soon, but now, now LeMahieu's out for two weeks minimum starting today. Rizzo, who knows what the deal is with him? And I, I genuinely hope he's okay. Obviously, I do. But it doesn't – nothing over there sounds very promising. I don't think Matt Carpenter is coming back this season. Now, Harrison Bader is starting a rehab assignment but uh, very soon. But who else am I missing? You're getting you're – getting, Nestor's back tonight. You're going to get Severino back, I would assume, on Monday because that's his first day that he's eligible. Um, you're going to get Efros back. You're going to a, a few, but now Ben Attendee's gone. I, I don't know what the status is with LeMahieu or Stan or Judge. If Gleyber Torres continues to be an automatic out, I mean, I just, I'm sorry. I, I don't see any way, shape, or form that the Yankees hold on to this division lead. I don't. I mean, I, th- I think you're, especially nothing, if, nothing you said is wrong. Don't piss Aaron Judge. I'm not saying nothing you said is wrong, but I think you're, I think you're looking at it too negatively almost. Like, yeah, I think that guys are, they're hurt, but. I think like what Boone said today was that DJ's is thing is something that, you know, if it was the beginning of the season, maybe he'd have surgery on it, or maybe he, uh, or if they weren't in contention, then they'd shut him down for the rest of the year, but it's something that he can play on, but the rest now is needed. So it's not like, it's not like an injury where he's going to be like off his feet. He's probably going to be doing the exact same stuff every day to maybe a little bit lesser of an extent. But Boone but, said it's not a few-day thing, but maybe it can be a couple-week thing, and, that, and then he's back in, into the group. In but, a that's, but that's like – but I think it's different someone that is just being shut down uh, as like a precaution versus someone that's shut down as a necessity. So giving someone two weeks shut down where they can still practice and, you know, go at their own pace is fine. It's not like DJ can't do anything. You know what I mean? It's – he's not the one I'm – I would be more concerned about a guy like Ben Benintendi who has wrist surgery, and then he well, probably yeah. can't even hold the bat for another two weeks. That who That's who concerns me more. Or even Rizzo. Like, this Rizzo back thing, like, I doubt Rizzo is going to pick up a bat for a couple days. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I would assume if you're going to be shut down from doesn't what, sound promising games, that he would. Yeah, like, if, if they're going to let him swing, they might as well let him DH, you know? So, I don't know. I, I think I, I'm not as concerned as LeMayu as you. Um I, I think maybe he would have to play through injury through the playoffs. I think it's, that's, that's more of a concern to me, but um, I don't know. I think I'm not concerned about DJ, not concerned about Bader. Now that he's running, not concerned really about Rizzo. I think he'll be okay. I think Ben and is probably my biggest concern. And then Stan too, because Stan I think is a culmination of things. So mm-hmm. I I don't know because nothing seems to be tied together there. It just seems to be freak injuries, which I, I that nerves me more than anything. That's true. McFeely's rubbing his hands right now, like oh how the tables have turned, no, how I, the well, tables have turned. Listen, I want to I, I want to talk a little Mets, but I, I I do sort of agree with with uh, with Sam that 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 was a pretty negative. I mean, like, is there really fear now that they're they're gonna? They're going to blow a five-game lead with, with 25 left. I mean, especially, like, right now when they just started winning. I know there's injuries, but, I, I mean, and I guess you'd rather them happen now. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I think this is the last window where you can say that, though. Like, this is the last window you can say, all right, get hurt now. Get, or, like, you know, mo- very minorly get hurt um, or minimally get hurt, and then you'll be back but just in time for the playoffs. And, uh, by the way, uh Volpe, two home runs in his first triple-A game today. Wow. So, all right, that's enough yeah. Yankees. I think, McFeely, if you want to go 
Yeah, I see you itching to talk uh, about the Mets. I think runs, you're good. Do, do those home runs count at the uh, major league level? I don't know. I have to ask. Yeah. Uh, I know I had a little bit of egg on my face after the last episode and what I said about the Mets in comparison <laughs> to the Braves. And uh, when they drop those two games to Washington and they lose an absolute just clunker to Pittsburgh, and this is like the second year in a row where Tyron Walker seems to just kind of run out of gas. And this is the second year in a row that that's happened, and then he just went to Pittsburgh and got shelled. And in a way, when those three games happened, because the Mets have the easiest remaining schedule, and they did before that national series. But they lose those two to Washington, and then they lose to Pittsburgh, and it felt like it felt like we were living in a simulation. And whoever was controlling it decided that, like, all right, we're bored of the Mets collapses now. We're going to make this as easy as possible for you guys. But there's just something still faulty in the wiring of the Mets. And, I mean, they're, like, almost begging to lose the division. And But then they go out there. They sweep the doubleheader. And they had to. I mean, backs were against the wall. Yeah. They had to. They, they woke up that next morning and said, we have to win two baseball games today. If we win the first one, it doesn't matter. You have to close out the nightcap, win both games. And they did. And I real quick uh, – and by the way, there are only two teams, in, and I know that you guys know this, two teams in Major League Baseball this year that haven't lost more than three games in a row. One of them is, is the Mets. I know. It's the other wild. one is the Braves. It's just – That's so stupid. But, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm still going to ride the Mets high horse here, right? Because let me just read these, these next few opponents. They go to Miami tomorrow for three games. They're going to host the Cubs for three games. Then they get the Pirates again at home for four games. Hey, you should uh, go. Yeah. You should go five and two at yeah. worst. Yeah. And then you get you know one well, three game stretch with the Brewers. Fine. Then you, I think, you, I think you it comes down to the last. I think it's the last Brave series. Isn't that, it's going to be like yes. The, yeah, my point I think is, that's what it's come down to. Right. But my point is, then you're going to get the Athletics, and then you get Miami again, and then at the very end of the month, bleeding into October, you're going to get Atlanta. You would like to think that there's a world where the Mets can kind of just gain enough ground to where that series is, isn't going to matter. Wait, they end the season with Atlanta? They they start October with Atlanta. Okay, so but in, in the, the what are the last game of the regular season, Atlanta? I don't believe so, but you're also bending me into a barrel here because I can only see so many games. Oh, okay. But, I was um, say, how they can, play, can they some, play them someone, in the first round of the playoffs? Someone get that for me real quick. The Mets schedule? The the very end. I'm looking. All right. So Um, they play the Braves. You get the Braves for three, and then you finish the season at home against Washington. And how do you not? I think the Braves have the 12th easiest remaining schedule. How do you not feel good about? I mean, you should be able to build up four games over this next, I mean, where you're just playing dreadful opponents to where, like, maybe that series doesn't even matter. But I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a fun stretch, and there's always going to be that bone in your body that's just like oh, the, the Mets are going to blow it. But uh, it, it couldn't be any easier. And if they were to blow it, it's like I mean, they're not going to miss the postseason, so they'll probably be fine. But I, I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm glad for the Mets that they got that one because because I think that was the first time where Mets fans were like legitimately upset with this team because it, it's been it's been such a fun year i can't imagine why any met fan would just be miserable this year but that was the first time where you looked at the mets this this entire season and said okay that was pretty bad because they lost three games 
badly to very, very, very bad teams. So kudos to them for coming back and destroying Pittsburgh in those two games. This is where the easy schedule does come into play. I mean, that's it, it, it does matter. It does matter. Um, I still think that the Mets will win this division because I just – I said it in the last podcast. They have passed every single test and don't see them beating against uh, – uh, losing against bad teams uh, again for the rest of the season. Uh, do we want to wrap it up? Yeah, uh, wrap it up in a minute. I mean, uh, you know, congratulations to Megan. I'm happy it seems like it went to a, uh, a pretty good Yankee fan there. A real person, so that's good. <laughs> real good. Well, as long as she listens and claims, I mean, if she, if she doesn't, it's, you know, the one on my hands. That would stink if we got into a bye. But uh, Megan, we will be in touch. Everyone else, like I said, please keep on listening because we're going to pump out a lot more content for you. We do want to get into the Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani conversation in our next episode. We'll be recapping um, our NFL picks. We'll recap the Jets and Giants. So we have yet another long episode coming your way uh, after the weekend. So thanks again for tuning in. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Ryan's going to have a a fun time editing this one. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. You guys don't even know what's going on behind the scenes. Thanks for (laughs) listening, everyone. See ya.